Welcome to the Fish Tea Podcast, where we talk about LGBTQ politics, pop culture, growing up in the Caribbean, life in a diaspora, and the work it takes to sustain love, life, and laughter in the midst of all the white noise. I'm M. I'm Glenroy. And I'm Lanvel. We're giving you everything, honey. Get into this mug. We're serving you a hot cup of fish tea. Um, hello, 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 my lovely people. Hello. How are y'all doing? I'm going to over here cook breakfast on a Sunday at 12 o'clock. So I'm going to start with the aim because you need to explain to the people why I cook breakfast at 12 o'clock on a Sunday. Um, <laughs> well, because we're in the lockdown, I decided to stay a little later in bed. Um, got my morning, morning, and then I decided to wake up and make breakfast. Your morning, morning. My morning, morning. Got my good morning, and I decided to wake up and make breakfast. There. <laughs> yeah, set the tone for the podcast. I love that. that. <laughs> right through. But I think I got tired. What go with the M? <laughs> So I'm here. I'm getting getting into this um, glasses bit. You know, I had to reinstate my membership to the Four Eye Club as the PhD decided to take a mash up my life. But as a bad bitch, I'm gonna make it no say. I can't rock the glasses as well as I can't rock the glasses. Okay. So I'm getting stuff wear glasses. Well, it was like I, I was wearing glasses in 2014, and then I think it probably did last our mashup. I'm just couldn't bother to get one next time because I'm just that person. Somebody did not stop. So you started wearing glasses in 2014. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, come through, come through. All right. Well, to be very honest. I'm just there. I live life right now. Things that happen. The flags are flags. Work I do. I'm just going to try and make it true, right? Um, it's not been the easiest of weeks, um, but, you know, we pushed through nonetheless. I will say that, right? Because, as you know, that work can always come with things with it, so we move. <laughs> but let's go straight into the episode. So on this week's episode of Fish Tea, we're having one of our recurring guests back with us, the beautiful and lovely, the intellectually and other kind of stimulating Shade from Fetish Secrets. Hey, Shade. Hey, lovers. How are you? Thanks for having me once again. I didn't know what love about the podcast, right? So on this episode, we're gonna talk about some other things. As usual, anytime Shade there. As usual, nothing is safe here. Nothing. Anytime <laughs> <laughs> Shade there is like we'll get with, we'll get with we'll pen our notepad out and we're gonna learn a few things. <laughs> Who body never did record earlier before my friend having morning morning because then my friend could have immediately implement whatever we're gonna talk about today, right? Mm-hmm. But there will be future mornings. Right, Lanvel? Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. We're going to be talking about BDSM 101. And we're also going to be talking about the notion of freakiness, right? Come on, I feel like it's different to different people. I'm going to feel like there's a, like a queer street divide on the freaky spectrum, right? I'm going to kind of... Uh-huh. Yeah. 
So we're gonna start with the BDSM one. I know we, we, we kind of did touch on it before, but I guess yeah. my question, my initial question, I'm really gonna stop talking after that because after the new girls then learn both and the things and what she always at Um if I wanted to get into BDSM, presuming I'm not already into BDSM, right? Uh-huh. What, what, what like two to three things I think I'd have to know before we start? Um, first of all, you have to know the role that you want to play in BDSM lifestyle, because once you go BDSM and it's a lifestyle, um, you want to know if you're going to be a, a, a dom or a dominant one, or you're planning to be a sub, someone who's submissive. So you have to first know the role that you want to play. Second of all, um, your partner is very important that you want to do all these BDSM activities with because you know BDSM comes with trust of course it it comes with a lot of trust it comes with a lot of respect so those two things you have to be comfortable with that person that's coming into your space for you and this person to encounter BDSM because you know um, another thing which is very important once you know the role that you want to play you have that partner that you're comfortable with that partner that you trust oh so much you know and another thing, sorry, hold on. Yes, can you hear me now? Hello? Yeah, yeah, no, sorry, something went with my connection. <laughs> so after you discovered all of that, guys, my next thing for you is to get a safe word. So safe word is very important. You need that safe word. So we're not going to go in it and be like, Oh, you know, I trust my partner all so much, so I don't need a safe word. If I tap the bed, if I say, hmm, then the person is going to realize, you know, stop inflicting so much pain or I can't go no further. No, a safe word is very important. Whether that safe word is going to be pineapple, it's going to be secret, it's going to be cream, whatever is comfortable for both parties involved, you definitely need to establish a safe word. Another thing you have to then establish is, okay, we're going into this BDSM lifestyle. What do we want to achieve out of this? You know, are we going to be a masochist? Are we going to be a sadist? We have to know what we want to achieve. So establish all of that, all common ground rules from the get-go. Then you can get into, all right, are we going to do restraints? We're going to, you know, you have hard limits and soft limits. What kind of limits do we want to start off with? Yes, you do have some couples that they have never, you know, been introduced to BDSM life, lifestyle. But then again, them just want to go straight off to advance. Yes, tie me up, tie me up, whip me, whip me. And then they can't manage it without not understanding what's really happening. So you need to know like the soft limits and the hard limits. Soft limits are regular stuff like blindfold, you know, like silk blindfolds. You have silk ties, you have feather ticklers. The smaller stuff as introduction into this lifestyle. Hard limits now. When you say hard limits, first it seems like some chain where you can go hardware, go by. Like, no, you can't just go up go by the chain and say, yeah, babe, this is it. BDSM. Or you go up and you buy your rope. And no, it's not like that. Um, well, if you're too uncomfortable, you can, but I do not recommend it. I really do not. I know BDSM can come with a little bit of pain. You know, what is pain without pleasure in BDSM lifestyle? But we don't want to go to the extreme where we draw blood. So we have to think about the safety as well when it comes down to BDSM. And also before all of that, you, there are things that you need to learn. Um, like you have to get sexually educated when it comes down to the bondage aspect of it. Something as simple as spanking. 
a regular person will probably think, oh, but just have to slap you on your bottom. I'll be in a box shot and I'll be a type. I'm just going to spank you with this, spank you with that. Uh, no, that's not how it goes. There are different techniques you have to know in how you spank him. You know, you have to take it from the lower end, go up. And there are different things that you have to use for different techniques. For example, you have the crops, the canes, the paddles and the whips and stuff like that. You have to know the, the pain the tolerance of your partner. And you both have to agree on what you want to use. And then you go and you have your restraints. You have your slings. You have all different kind of restraints. Um, you have the door restraints, you know, your whole swings and all of that. So again, guys, no matter what you want to do in the BDSM lifestyle, you and your partner have to completely agree to everything that you are going to use. So that's the introduction to BDSM. Well, for me. I don't know <laughs> It was a special way to slap my time. But before we get more into the, the, um, the whips and chains of it, Shadi, sure. is there a difference, um, a significant difference between role-playing and BDSM? I mean, it is, most, most definitely. Um, BDSM, role-play basically, if a couple decides to do role-play, you can role-play without entering into a BDSM lifestyle. It can actually be doing BDSM and not role-playing it. Role-play to me, um, I consider role-play to be a good foreplay, which is very important because foreplay, especially for women, we need a lot of foreplay to, to get aroused and super aroused. When we role-play in relationships, I think that adds to our sexual experience as partners, and I think it helps with our sexual health and our sexual growth, which is very important. That do help partners with their confidence, um, their whole sex positivity, whether it's for themselves or how the partner looks at them. But role play and the BDSM, they're completely two different things in my opinions, to, to be frank. Um, when it comes on to BDSM, you can have a guy that is super dominant. But when it comes down to BDSM, he wants to be so submissive. You know, and then you may have a submissive person on a regular. When it comes down to BDSM, they want to be so dominant and they're so good at it. They're so good at command. They're so good at demanding what they really want. They're so good at control. You know, so I, I completely think it's two different things. Shadi, I want to ask, um, say for example, well, not say for example. Um, <laughs> so if this is something that I've never done before, I've never done it before, my partner's never done it before, possibly the only place when we know about it, um, possibly in porn or Fifty Shades of Grey or something along that line. How okay. um, do you go about communicating that interest um, in BDSM to your partner? Funny you ask that because this, this BDSM lifestyle, it has been around for so many decades and we can go back to the historic part of it with Marquise de Chade. Funny enough, that's his name. He used to write a lot of erotic novels and, you know, he started this whole escapade on BDSM and all of that. And they thought he was, you know, getting mental and so forth. And they locked him up for numerous of years. I'm telling you, this is way back. 
And a lot of persons look at BDSM as being, you know, so taboo and they want it to be like, it's always oh, this mental health thing because, you know, who wants to be humiliated by their partner? Who wants to be a sadist and stuff like that? So it wasn't out there for such a long time until Fifty Shades of Grey. I can definitely tell you that since Fifty Shades of Grey, they have put it mainstream for the probably past four to five years. And it is now becoming a thing against society, which I really admire. But the funny thing is you may have people that have probably just been using blindfold. They've been innovative at home, using a tie, you know, using small things, not knowing that they're actually doing BDSM lifestyle, but they're just not aware because they weren't educated of it. And also in a lot of porn, I realize they don't do a lot much BDSM. We know porn. All right. Yeah. We do. All right. Me, so we'll do something. I could say, all right, bam, 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 we're done. Yeah. And you know, and that's it. But the 50 shades of grape, is what I do ad admire about it. And it's now out there on a lot of mainstream. So couples will be seeing it a lot more now, mainstream, to be frank, if you really want to get into it. And also, if you're very in tune with, you know, like your whole sexual being, there's a lot of erotic books also um, out there on BDSM, the introduction and stuff like that in regards to it. And then, you know, you have the sex toy stores, of course, all over that will be selling um, all these BDSM items for you to engage in your sexual BDSM experience. But I think those are the only ways you can know, know, you know, and look out for everything BDSM, the erotic books, um, you know, mainstream TV nowadays is not like TV back then. I could tell you, like there's literally this whole series on Netflix um, called Bonding. It's about BDSM lifestyle. I never thought I would have in so many decades of actually being in the sex industry, seeing mainstream, you know, educating people on BDSM. So it's out there. Um, and I think that's the best way we can get involved. And then you have people like myself that um, keep a lot of BDSM classes, bondage classes to educate people. And with that as well, do you guys know about Kama Sutra? Everybody must know about Kama Sutra. You know, Kama Sutra is a part of the whole BDSM family as well for persons that get in tune. And then you have the Shibari. Shibari is also um, another set of people that they teach rope lessons, bondage lessons and classes for like couples and stuff like that who want to get involved. So I guess it's just getting in the know and researching. I'm trying to get sexually educated as much as we can. Hope I answered you correctly. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, 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 what do you say? So, if I do a follow up, so if me, I want to put some man now, so I'm mm -hmm. allergic, so I'm going to put on the movie and say, baby, yeah, that's right, that's the thing, so that is a nice opener to the conversation. Um, you the could. Okay. There, there, there are so many ways in introducing BDSM to your partner. Mm -hmm. um, one, you can definitely try the movies, see their reaction from it. I mean, everybody knows their partner. You can read people body language, know what they're interested in. If you're reading an erotic book, you can probably share a bondage line or something about BDSM with your partner. Again, do it in a more sexy, flirty way type of thing, you know, and see how they react to that. You can, again, start small, as I said, get a blindfold and a handcuff. Everybody's used to that. Everybody, you know, is okay with that. Just start with that or start a conversation. If your partner, if you're your partner, sexually communicate, then you, I, I think it should be an easy conversation for the both of you. You know, ask, ask your partner, like, you know, babe, how would you feel if you tie me up? Or, you know, just small stuff. You can get your restraints. 
I mean, especially if your partner is a dominant one, of course, you get your restraint, then you put it under your bedpost and then look away there. You, t- you tie up your hand and you just say, all right, baby, come fuck me. Like, you're restricted, you know, you're restrained. A lot of people who are dominant, they will get into that vibe and be like, all right, it's kind of sexy, you know, them kind of way. So if once you sexually communicate with your partner, just try to find approachable ways in doing so. If it's just random to sit down and talk and say, babe, you know, I think, I want to try this. How do you feel about trying this and stuff like that? You know, and it just starts right there. But don't just get up and feel like, you know, you feel like you're going to spank your partner, you're going to do the most and them have to accept it because you and them there and when you're done there and have a compromise and I say, it go, it don't work like that, no time at all. No matter feel like you're going to go and sex toy store and feel like, oh, you're going to buy one button now and spread a bar you come and you just tell people them foot and you spread them out and then feel like you're going to do whatever you want to do to them a lot of um, partners will feel humiliated and disrespected um, in such way and we don't want to do that you know and then BDSM it goes a long way with a lot of um, levels of stuff that you can do whether it's um, water sports or spit play you know there are different things that you can do sexually sometimes that will make your partner feel disrespected because just imagine you the woman now glenn and your partner come in and then just feel like him i got pissed by you and them weirdly you never get a rose and you never flirt before certain things never happen you're gonna feel disrespected in a one certain type of way because you're only gonna accept it in a sexual context you know so the same goes for bdsm don't feel like, oh, true, I have sex. I'm going to turn up my bedroom. I'm going to feel like my complacent. You're going to start carrying anything and do anything. You have to, like, first, come on, girls, talk to your partner. If your partner asks to talk to you, because sometimes a lot of us don't know how to communicate. A lot of us don't know how to receive communication. And then everybody look on things differently in all aspects. So, as I say, if you are going to just watch the movie together and say, babe, bum about that nice thing? What do you think about that? Anything we're going to try that? You know, you know your partner, so you know how to talk. And I like me, me aggressive. So me just carry everything and show them. Is it a yoga ticket or not? But that's my way. And it works for me. <laughs> it works for me, you know? So I, I keep that adrenaline all day, every day. But I mean, sexual communication is very important in whatever we do where sex is concerned. And we just need to maintain that right throughout. So, oh, go ahead, Ladmer. And I, I, I want there are two things that I wanted to add. I bet Glenn also. Um, but the, 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 I'm interested in the, in the psychology of it. Um, yes. because for some of the things you must be overly confident or you must be at a point where you're confident in your body, you're confident in your prowess, you can't, you're generally confident, um, mm-hmm. for you to do some of these things. How do you get to that level where, um, it doesn't come out in the middle, um, your partner possibly says something to you and it, it I don't know, it might trigger something and, all of a sudden it done like how do you get to that, that level where no matter no matter the things that they say it you, you uh-huh. take it in a sexual way and not oh remember you thought somebody did say that to you and it was <laughs> done oh in this case if you're being humiliated during bdsm activities yes oh um you know funny enough the psychology part of it is that the question is like People always ask if it's normal to be interested in BDSM. Nothing is normal where sex is concerned for me overall. <laughs> like, you understand your whole sexual being and your sex positivity. 
then fine. But for two persons to come in agreement and say that, you know, I want to enter this lifestyle with you and this is what we're going to do. It's almost like a, a marriage and a bond because this is what you're going to do. Of course, Lanville, I, I do understand you have times when you enter the moment and, you know, you feel good at your peak of your arousal. You're having all these euphoric orgasms and everything is just nice. And then, boom, something just come out one way away. No, you know, I'm not like how that sound. <laughs> so you do have times like that when things come up. But what do we do then? Now, it can go two ways. There comes this whole sexual mental part of it which is very important because humiliation can be such a big mental thing and it's onto another level because i have clients that go through this as well and this is what happens all right i'm going because i feel like yeah me and my partner all right i'm did all right but i never told one do it but i was already having this sexual dysfunction already whether it was an arousal desire or you know, it was a desire dysfunction, whatever dysfunction there is. So you went in not with an open mental mind. So this can really affect you mentally. You just hear something and then it just trigger your whole being. You're like, shit, I wasn't ready for that. So what you have to do is then work on all your internal desires. And then you have to work on you. You, 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 you have to work on you. And to be frank, I remember years ago, Landville, I... I decided, you know what, I was going to enter this BDSM lifestyle. I traveled and I went to a lot of um, sex expos and seminars and I, I was super excited. And I said, all right, you know, I want this girl, I want star show. Come on, believe in a star show, you know, and, you know, star not dead in a show and then we go away there. And I remember I was like, yes, you know how it feel when I turn back, we're back to my favorite position. So everybody go out when them turn back. And you know, you come up and you do a little show thing and you go on and you go on with yourself and whatever. And then I remember my partner saying something about a bitch. I'm like, what the fuck? What you mean? We are calm a bitch. Never, you know, but I didn't understand the world and I understand what it was and I know what I was getting into, but for some reason, I just never like all that stone. And I struggled for years. And then I remembered when I was talking to my mentor, my mentor said, Shere, you have to get in tune with your whole sexual being. And that's when I started to be an advocate for masturbation. A lot of women sometimes and a lot of individuals, not just women alone, men, we're really not comfortable with ourselves. You know, sometimes we just get up and do things because we want to please our partner, not please ourselves. And then sometimes, you know, we don't know our bodies as much as how we would want our partner to know it. So we don't know it, our partner don't know it. So we're just there. So every little thing affects us sexually. So it starts with us, you know, mentally and everything. And one of the main reasons why I advocate for masturbation, get to know your body a certain way, get comfortable with your body, get comfortable with what you what really matters to you sexually you know if that means you have to just strip down your clothes look yourself in the mirror you know jerk off another mirror skin out your body in another mirror something skin out your pussy talk to your old talk to your pussy at some point get comfortable you know when you feel yourself getting comfortable and in tune with your body just telling your body all these things like yeah girl or you know your pussy are come out we are your jerk off and you know you talk to yourself i think that's the time when you're completely completely in tune with you your whole sex positivity then is so greater than anything else. So once you enter BDSM lifestyle, it's like nothing freaking matters to you no more. Listen, you just I gonna start your show anything yes and I go counteract and that's that. But those one people in here which Shadow can send a message on the podcast, talk to your pussy. 
<laughs> that is the message of your other podcast. Does that make sense, Lanvel? <laughs> it does. It makes a lot of sense. But actually, I'm really glad you raised that example that you did, Shane. I'm sorry to cut you, Lanvel, but I'm, so two things you know, right? I love certain things. I like a little truck and I don't mind my ear get pulled, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't want you to touch me up yet. Do you see that, sir? No, no, don't touch the face, right? And I think in all the times I've had sex, only two times somebody slapped me on my face. You know, you know, long standing, no way, where I have no business in my agreement. I'm going to say, hello, I mean, the sex never stopped after that. She never me at the night thing. But I said, sir, that is not what you do. You don't touch the face. I'm going to continue. I feel like I never understand. But I completely understand that. And then, Whenever the bitch word comes up, it's like it does throw me in the middle of sex because perhaps, well, I know I'm a dominant person, but I think that word feels when used back, especially when I'm bottoming, it feels disempowering for me. So I'm just like, hmm, I mean, it's the struggle works through. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, 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 no. no. Like, I'm a bad girl. I'm a bad girl. I'm a bad I'm a bitch. It just... Mm-mm. But then also, it's, I think a part of it is just the fact that I'm not submissive. So I feel like trapped. I think perhaps how I perceive the word is almost like you want me to submit to you in a particular way. And that will happen. So I think maybe that's my thinking behind it. But I, but I do think you're absolutely right. One, get it through yourself. But, and two, um, I think... And you can let us know how you um, your view on this. I think it's about whenever that happens. Because one, I think ideally, based on what you're saying today, we should be talking to our partners about our triggers before. But if someone, uh-huh. sometimes things are going on, people just in you know, themselves and do what they do. Is for have the conversation at least after, so they know why you react a certain way to something. Um, especially if it's like a long-standing partner. Um, as opposed to one night and all of them are like one night and so you can't trust these niggas it's a different conversation that true huh? yeah so um, like that that bit a while ago about the masturbation and stuff really sent me because like I have I used to always think say like make into BDSM and them something there, I'm gonna have that done, but I'm gonna know everything I'm gonna need to know. But um like more and more, I'm more into the S and M than the, okay. the B <laughs> and the D. <laughs> to be honest, like I have not gone to that point of trust in my life where I got comfortable with somebody at time. The blindfold, alright, but no, I don't want to feel restrained at all. But like with the masturbation thing, like since I since I left Jamaica, I confess on the podcast. All I would know me just pretend like I don't know what I say after I don't listen to it. Like, <laughs> I have started to explore a lot of things um, since I've been here, right? Like, I've been, like, I'm amassing sex toys. And my favorite, of course, is a dildo. And since I've gotten here and I've started to use different sizes of dildo, and I just like, you know, my I was just saying, somebody oxy me look like coconut and end up if you do it myself. And uh-huh. we get to a particular point now where when my bottom is like it no, it no, it no feel, 
you know, feel as pleasurable as when I do it for myself. And it's not like these dicks are are any bigger or smaller than the dildos I'm using. It's just that mm-hmm. you know, it's like something missing from the experience of having a real man actually fuck me out versus when me do it myself with my own dildo. So mm-hmm. that kind of kind of interests them. I want to know if they can tell me nothing about how masturbation can impact um uh sexual performance. We know we talk about it in a positive way, but like are there other types of impacts where people need to look out for when they masturbate or stuff like that? Are there any other any other things anything at all we need to look out for where you know masturbation is concerned that can potentially mm-hmm. have a have a damaging impact on your sex life? Hmm, can masturbation have a damaging impact to some extent because um, it's more good doing it than bad. Because masturbation is, is good for your health, mentally and physically. <laughs> and it's the safest sex there is. But there's more good than bad, to be honest, Christy. Um, the only bad that I can say is that comes from it. You get addicted to masturbation. You get addicted to that feeling that you get on your own. Um, it's not so much in men than women. Women do more get addicted to masturbation. For men, merely, I mean, masturbation for men, it will more go on the um, sexual ad- um, addiction side of it, to be frank. Yeah. Women will more get addicted to because there, there are some things that women do to their body you know, how they make themselves feel. A lot of men are not doing that for them. You know, when it comes on to probably them squirting, them finding their spots and stuff like that, you know, a lot of women will get more addicted to that after sex. A lot of women still want to master because they feel like they never get that intense calm. A lot of them do not get an orgasm um, during sex. So it's more good for a lot of women than it is bad for men. When it comes on to anal play, which I'm a big fan for anal, <laughs> anal tips and tricks, like I'm used to anal. <laughs> um, when I do anal play, I know it's not going to be the same for men, to be frank. Um, I do understand what you're saying. Nothing like when my partner is literally having sex with me in the ass. But for some reason, I don't know if because I'm so in tune with anal, when me get my dildo in, I mean, stick that on the wall and I mean, I always go for the vibrating one, them are the thrusting one. So your dildo make, your dildo often make sense, you know, if you have a masturbate, to use it in your ass. So you can't get a dildo when I have no, no suction cup base on it and then you have a dildo where just not have no tweet. It not vibrate, it don't thrust, it don't know. So if you have a masturbate now with a dildo in your ass, you have to look out for things like those. Also, I love to wear um, metal plugs. It's, it's very good. You can wear your metal plugs all day, every day. <laughs> it gets this super arrows. You can definitely try that. But I can't say much good I'm much bad, I should say, sorry, in the masturbation, then there is good, Christy. I can't. So essentially, what you're saying is that the men are trash. They can't. <laughs> they don't know what they are doing. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm just wondering. <laughs> kidding, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just wondering if maybe in masturbating, you're finding out the, the kind of the male body that you like to, to touch, and the man is not touching that kind of day. Yeah, I feel like that, which it, it kind of just like, I mean, I don't want to waste my time because I say, 
Mega, come on, come finish up anyway. So, might as well start a That's it, because a lot of DC sometimes a, a lot of people just don't, and we go back to it, sexual communicate. <clears throat> because let me tell you something, and I always tell my clients and customers, I'm not wasting my orgasm, I'm not wasting my time. It, it takes a lot for me feel like, all right, then my whole body, I'm going to get arose and pussy, I jump, and all these things. I'm going to take off my clothes, but I'm going to lay down and then we have 20, 30, 40, 45 minutes to an hour of my time and I don't have an orgasm. What have I been doing in all those times in not telling you that, babe, I'm not feeling it or it's, it's not happening, it's not working out or let's try a different position or, you know, like, why may I waste my time? Why we don't sexually communicate no more? You want to get your toes stuck. Instead of you say, like, be how you feel about sucking toes, you're going to push your toe up in other people in face. Like, oh, my God, you say you want to get your toes stuck, sir. Like, what? You know, you want your ass eating, you just lay down back where you just start opening up your ass. Like, oh, me if you say you want my head down in there. What like, you know, like, do stuff. Talk. Get some flavored lubes, get some ice cubes, get some whipped cream, get some chocolate syrup and some things and, you know, give them a sacra massage and get my muscles, them relaxed and all of that massage, my ass and just slap it two time and them look away. They spit night, like, talk to me, let me know what you want. Either I'm not going to do it, I can't do it, or I'm not ready to do it. Like, we need to normalize sexual communication and just stop it and just attack nothing because that is nothing if you do have an orgasm and they have to go, go home, go finish. Or when it finished, I forgot to run going to the bathroom to finish it myself. Me not do that. Sorry, not do that. <laughs> but but who do you do this with, um, Shade? Because for example, if it's a hookup, you don't have all the time for I go through all of them something there. Um, versus if it's somebody that possibly you see a relationship with them, or if it's a frequent kind of thing, you have the conversation. Um, and and some people possibly feel like, oh, they might do it for a long time, they might do it right, or you possibly make too noise, and them things that they might do it right. Because you heard some people feelings when they tell them, say, well, you know, all of the galang in the way they are galang in with it, never they are galang. Yeah, your feelings, I forget earth. All right, my thing is, if once it's a hookup, <laughs> no, I forget earth. Once it's a hookup, automatically we know what we want. In some hookups, we know, like, hey, it's, it's just like a fuck thing. It's what it is. After that one hookup, we already know if we're going to go back or not. So that's fine. You know, um, if it's somebody that we're going to be frequent with, once we're frequent, our conversations are going to be frequent. I know it's not everybody's going to be as direct and blunt as me and as many people out there because you do have some people that don't know how to communicate. I, I really do get that. You know, it can be really hard in communicating with the partner to telling whosoever your sexual partner rather that you know i like this or i want to do this it can be very hard so i do understand like but at the end of the day happiness come first you no know, in whatever the case is your happiness come first sexually personally professionally your happiness comes first because you want to mega please this person right through there must be some way me can talk to that person. If I even if I say, all right, then, all right. For example, I really want to get serious with a person, but this is the only problem. Like, I just not nah, be pleased, but the person has everything else. I go try to find some way to fix it. It's either I go write you a letter, I go send you an email, something, or I go make us see one therapist so she can probably relate it to you better because I'm probably afraid, nervous, and full fool. I think there's a, some way where we can just try to relate it to a partner 
I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Nick, I always tell you, you know, the most monitor and evaluate my fucking number. Say it once and make say it again. Emani, pan the pussy and Emani, pan the body. You must monitor and evaluate. Create one nice little farm. How, how was my driving? Something. How was my riding? Something. Right? Yeah, there, there has to be something. And then, you know, what's top tier too, what I do love, and I always tell clients and customers, try to have these small sexual talks during. During can work. You see, the minute you can have these sexual conversations during sex, when I ever have sex, they tell you to just bust out a lot and sex still continue. You yes. can't lose a person there. You cannot <laughs> lose that person. So if I'm having sex and, you know, something is just not right, I'm not going to look at you and say, no, be that not work or rare. You know, it's not going to be like that because I don't want to hurt your feeling. I don't want to kill the vibe. So I'm going to be like, you know, like, babe, let's try a different position. I'll be able to get on top. I'll be able to put on the dresser now. I'll be able, you know, if, if I'm getting my pussy eaten, I'm going to feel like me, I feel too much teeth. Me, I go, you know, me try to find somewhere, hold your head, little, brace it one different way, go up on my side, something, or. I don't know, just try to talk during sex. Sometimes those things do help too. That make a whole heap of sense. Me after talk, my love. <laughs> me after talk. I have to tell you why, why because and I, yeah, but we're just not gonna be disrespectful about it. You know what I mean? Because we still have to yeah, think about people's feelings. We're not gonna think about we alone. Because you know, every relationship, situationship, friendship, everything, it comes with compromising. It comes with understanding. You know, so once you have that luck, once you, I mean, everything else should just flow. It should just be very fluid. Yeah, and it's really just for the, just set it on that side then, right? Because that can, it comes like you can also instruct your partners in very sick, good sexual ways that don't kill the vibe, right? So yeah. um, I think that's an option as well. If I think about just how, um, and feel like my love validation in a sense. So, um, like validate them little, but then instruct them while I validate them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that way, they say I have to kill the vibe, but yeah, this kind of thing, yeah, it's not bad. But try that way, you know. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> 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 uh, I want to ask um, though, Shade, um, yes. in um, BDSM, I've, I've always seen um, two persons. So I've, I've never seen it. So, for example, um, can it or does it happen in threesomes or like group sex? Um, does it extend? Well, I'm sure it does. I mean, it, it, it definitely does because um, as we go back to the beginning, once you know your role, either you're going to be dominant, you're going to be submissive, or you're going to be switch, then fine. You can have BDSM encounter with up to 10, 12, 15 people. Everybody just have to know their roles, respect each other's space, and know what we're all here for. So you can probably say, for example, you have um, 10 persons involved. Out of those 10 persons that are going to be involved, then you know how many persons are doms, how many persons are sub. How many persons really want to can do both? You call those switches. You know, they're just comfortable in either role. It doesn't really matter. So once that is established within the space 
and everybody know the role, everybody respect their space, everybody know what is what, it can definitely happen. It's not limited to two persons. It's definitely not. So suppose you want to retire now, Shadeen. So you've done retire? all you do. Yes, mm-hmm. well, some people just, <laughs> you've done it, you've done it, you've done it. And you decide, say, you want to retire. <laughs> Right, people mm-hmm. retire. <laughs> I, I, I don't believe in retirement in sex, but I do understand. <laughs> retire with more than one partner, yeah. But hello, once I'm sure to my dead. So my question is, where I'm gone? Oh, <laughs> oh, I mean, no, do you remember your London said no. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I wonder where I'm going. <laughs> no, 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 I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay, my question, yeah. My question is, so what happens when, or how, 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 is, how does the conversation happen? So we're working on the media century. How does mm-hmm. the conversation happen when, let's say somebody break the rule a bit, they never did it, adhere to the safe word. What, how, how does that conversation happen? How oh, the conversation what? I never hear you, Glenn. Yeah, how the conversation happened if somebody never adhered to the safe word? Like, yeah, how, what happens if somebody broke a rule in the media? Contract? That's why you have um, mini contracts. So you have to lay down your rules. I would never go over the rules. Everybody's rules are different to suit them. So if I say probably, you know, in my rule, for example, for me, um, Probably if after maybe three strikes, it depends on certain activity. If, you know, you don't adhere to my safe word, then there are consequences. You know, there, there are sexual punishment, of course. It depends on what the individuals want. It can, when you can carry the punishment over into <laughs> in a personal and professional life, you know, probably you tell the person, say, oh, they're not going to get a sex for the next 24 hours, 48 hours a week, two weeks, whatever. So there are rules. If somebody doesn't obey to certain rules, then you know exactly what you what you can do, what you won't do, and what you must do. So you have to set your rules before. Ground rules are important. It comes just the same. Like if we're going to go into a threesome, you have to have your rules. You know, everybody have to know, okay, this is your responsibility. This is what's happening. You can't touch my man. You come here for just touch me and my man, and that's it. Or you just come here for touch me, you know, come here for touch my man, no matter. So rules have to be <laughs> um, discussed, and everybody have to be comfortable with those rules. So I may believe in a contract, you know, because when you see my contract and you read my contract, this is it. If there's anything you want to negotiate, we can. Once we have negotiated, then we sign, seal, and deliver. Let's get to Fuck it. So, so now that we've we've discussed the facts of one getting to the BDSM, what would what should everyone have in their BDSM starter kit? Oh, this is so nice. Starter kit, of course, includes. Let me go from top. I'm thinking from my face down. So a blindfold is important. A ball gag is important. A collar and leash is important. Um, collar and leash, that's how my nip, I reach my nipples. Nipple clamps are very important. Vibrating nipple clamps are very good. Or just heavy-duty nipple clamps that don't vibrate is also good. Um, wrist, wrist restraints are also good. Handcuffs, yeah, handcuffs are kind of outdated. Now you want to do the restraints. Wrist restraints are amazing. Um, if you don't do the wrist restraints, you can use ropes. Ropes are very good. 
um, outside of the ropes, you can use tapes. I love the tape. I can literally just tape up your whole body. All right, I'm at my hand. We're going down to my waist. You have thigh restraints, which are amazing. You literally restrain your hand to your thigh. Those are good. You can have those in your kit. Start a kit. I got one more thing. So I'm just giving you everything that you can put in your kit. You know, when you open it, you know what you want to use tonight. You're not going to use everything. You won't have everything for a period of time. So over time, you know, you start building your kit. Make sure you have it in a briefcase. Outside of that, then you go to your spreader bars. The adjustable spreader bars are very important. So if you're going to get a spreader bar, make sure it's adjustable. You know, just want to get one spreader bar and you just set one way for the rest of your life in a media same lifestyle. So get the adjustable ones. And then you can get your restraints for the bed or for the door or for the ceiling. Restraints are always good. So it gives you um different positions so you don't have to always be in the bed like get out of the bed sometimes you know go put the, the swing in the living room in the bathroom or something so you can have your swings which are very very good um slings are important too I, I love the slings you can have the slings which are completely different from the restraints and the swings so slings are a good thing to have as well and then you can think BDSM and do not have a whip, a crop, a paddle, or a cane. You can probably just start with the whip and the paddle, which is good, and a feather tickler. I can't leave out a feather tickler because I always think once you're blindfolded, you know, it's like a sensory deprivation thing. You don't know what's coming next. You don't know what's happening. And then the tickler just builds up this arousal and desire for what's coming. So you definitely need um, one of those. And what is BDSM without anything anal? You need a metal heavy-duty anal plug. Once it's heavy-duty and it's metal, you really do not need it vibrating because it's metal. You can put it in the freezer to cool, you know, get it well juicy and nice. It's icy, icy. Just insert it in your ass. Super awesome. Um, if not, then you can probably just get the regular vibrating one, which is premium silicone grade. Um, yeah, that, yeah, for that to go in your kit, the vibrating one, I really recommend the palette free body safe ones. Um, the premium grade silicone, those are amazing. And of course, we need massaging oil, which of course, you know, once you're gonna enter your BDSM, you want to up your body and the local things. And then if you're into like temperature play or edge play, then I would recommend the Wattenberg wheel, which is so good. It's almost like the pinwheels that you roll on your body and stuff like that very nice you know you roll it on your penis area balls your ass you know your pussy it's very exciting so edge play would be something like that and if you're going into temperature play then you do have candles you know like box of candles you can probably put a one or two in your kit that really do work so you just light it and then you just drop it on your body for do some wax play again you have on your blindfold and stuff like that you just like, drop the wax all over the body you know and it burns oil and not wax so you can also use it to massage the body, you know, kind of set the tone and the mood and everything for all of that. Outside of that, if it doesn't burn um, oil, you do have the, the regular ones. It has to be soy wax though. So don't feel like another woman have a box of candle, the hurricane candle. Don't use that. The hurricane candle is way hotter and it can burn you. I don't recommend the hurricane candle. You have to use the soy. No, you have to use the soy ones. Like literally from you start to drip it before it reach you, it's literally a, 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 um dry. So it not it cool, I should say. So it literally cools before it, it touches you. So you know, not if you have jump up boat or anything. So candles are good too for temperature play in your kit. Am I missing out anything? I doubt it. And that's it.
Make it so nice and ready. It's an old suitcase. I just give it a while ago. I'm a lovely. It's with compartment. And it's regular suitcase. Yeah. I don't want to say the type of arranged them by which part of your body you're going to use. Mm-hmm. You know, like when the makeup artist come for their makeup and she just pull out the thing and everything just, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how it is. That's exactly how it is. I'm going to just Google the spreader and I definitely can get myself one of that. It looks nice. It is. Very it's very exciting and nice. Just imagine what? you're just spread right open and I take everything. And you can't move. And spread right open are my favorite style. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the butt, pl- the butt plug, um, would the prostate massage are um, different from butt plug, right? Them, them, um, it is. can substitute it's, one for the other? Uh, if you can substitute one for the other? Mm-hmm. You could. You definitely could. You could. So if you have a prostate massager, then you don't have to get the butt plug. Yeah, nice. but if you yeah, if you want to do both, definitely definitely get a prostate massager. But if you just have the butt plug, then you'll have to come for um a thing there, a prostate massager. It's similar to like a bullet and a G spot stimulator. So if you have the bullet, you can't mm-hmm. insert the bullet. But if you have the G spot stimulator, that can be inserted. So you have the advantage. So it's the same thing with a prostate massager. So if you have a prostate massager, then you don't need your butt plug. Nice. More plan will I take notes? Uh, no, I go ask him which of the whether <laughs> implement for dinner, dinner. Back when I'm having breakfast, breakfast already without any of this. What will dinner, dinner look like now? Land <laughs> that. Ooh. I got ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of ideas. <laughs> yeah. So... I was gone. So my so my, my shift gears just a little bit, right? Um, do you believe in the concept of freakiness, um, Shade? Do you think there's such a thing as a freak? Um, to be frank, I don't know. Every, I, I think so. Okay. Um, <laughs> so what makes a person in your huh? What makes a person a freak in your opinion? Well, that's a, you can't ask me something like that, Glenn, because I don't, I, I don't think I'm freaky. I'm nasty. That's the difference. Oh, okay. I'm nasty. Okay. <laughs> so, tell us the difference. What's the difference between freak? <laughs> you know, to me, freak is just as vanilla. You have persons, there are different levels though, and um, to each his own, because somebody might be you know, sucking wood and think they're freaky. Like, oh my God, I suck dick. Like, I'm freaky. You know what I mean? So people have their different meanings to it. And to me, I just think like, whatever you do with your sexual partner and you're happy doing it, you're sexually satisfied. If that's freaky to you, fine. Okay. If me having somebody pissing on me is, is, is so nasty and I love it and you, you just not got a load up ever because you just don't think that's freaky for you that's okay so it's just what a person you know the extent a person would go to have that sexual pleasure and feel content about it i guess that's just what it is okay do you think that all right so but still a pokey brain you think that this, yes you think the straights have a different idea of freakiness versus you know, members of our community. Because sometimes I feel like them talk about freakiness and that's a girl that they sick. Like them, them, so like... You know, 
Mm -hmm. more likely to hear oral sex being called freakiness by straight people, I think, than by members of the community. Um, you know, I don't think so. All right, when we think freakiness, then we think something very unconventional, something bizarre, right? Because when you think of the word freak, so let's let's put it out there like that. Let's get a little bit technical then. When something is freak, as we said, it's it's pretty strange, right? Then in our LGBT world, um, you still have people in the LGBT community that will still not do a lot of things that will probably expect LGBT people to be doing. Like, uh, for example, a lot of studs, you have a lot of touch me not studs. You're like, but you start to think, how can you be a lesbian and then you don't want your girlfriend to touch you or you don't want your girlfriend to, to you know, go down and suck your pussy? Like, how can that, <laughs> you know, so they think like, that is just super not the norm, but then you don't have somebody in you know, the heterosexual world where them feel like and sucking pussies, everything, they enjoy it and they love it. So I just don't look at it the same way. I, I don't know for the gay men world how it is. Tell me, Glenn, how, how it is for the gay men world. <laughs> I don't know. Because, right, to me, I just feel like cookie sucking is a must, right? I feel like mm-hmm. generally accepted as a norm for sex between men, right? I do mm-hmm. know that even though, you know, ass eating is becoming more normalized. It's a thing, yeah. I don't know. I think, I know when I, when we did just a start many moons ago, it, it did have the, stigma of freaky but I think the stigma it did have the label of freakiness on it right I don't feel like it mm-hmm. the same label now that it used to have um I don't, and, but I do. no it doesn't ass is a thing now like everybody will rather be eating ass and fucking ass right now you yeah. know rather than the pussy yeah so I agree even, even straight people yes right yes yeah everybody um but yeah so I wonder um, I feel like no one talk about freakiness in, in our world. If you're not, if it really, if you're not out here, I maybe a form of uh, like a hard, is it a hard limit BDSM, then you're not necessarily considered freaky. Well, that's my whole I see how people talk about it. You know, if people have different views, um, or if it, if some form of bodily fluid may involve it's not necessarily considered freaky. Freakiness. Mm-hmm. Do you perceive that? Um, I, I think yeah. I think I agree with your your um point about um us eating like um before it used to be. I think like no like gaming possibly still do it, but in the same way people used to um do oral sex and don't talk about it. Um, is the same way that they would do that. Um, but I, I feel like um in circles that I have spoken to people, there, there are still certain things that people, that you do or I do that I consider a normal part of sex. If that don't happen, then it's not um, sex. That people still, I don't, I don't think that people are as liberal as you and, and I. So there's, there's, there are quite a few things that people still um, don't do or won't do or, um yeah and i think and i and i think because I, like for me like i am 
always open to kind of have the conversation about why haven't you and why haven't you tried it? And it's for some of them, mm-hmm. it's not at all. I'm not interested in, in doing it. It's just that possibly the person or person that they're having sex with, they've never suggested it. They're, more, they're mm-hmm. wondering, okay, if I suggest it, how may I go look at all kind of things? So for a lot of people, they've seen things, they've heard things, but the person who um they're having sex with possibly them don't know how they're going to perceive them if them ask feet or they possibly just not having the conversation to see if mm-hmm. that person also would be interested in that but give me some okay. example you you know me love example like what um for example like like i feel like even like something like toe sucking is like um yeah. um and like i'm just like i mean if you foot wash on everything like you know the sort of dirty tool, but <laughs> I, I do. I, I, I'm not. I don't see. <laughs> I I generally believe that feet are dirty, right? But if you if it wash and well manicure, well, well the, the, I don't I know. But people, there, there, there are quite a few things that another yeah. thing that it, yeah that is true. I do agree with both of you. And another thing that people sometimes like misinterpret um is different kinks. You know, sometimes, as we mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of them, they're really not sexually educated on a lot of things. And, you know, we, especially Jamaican people and a lot of people on a whole, we use ignorance to try to understand things and that will never happen. So for me, understand kinks and um, certain level of freaky things, then everybody will know exactly what they want to partake in and understand that, listen, different strokes for different strokes and that's life and we just have to deal with it and understand it. So understanding kinks too, and let me tell you, so when it comes on to this whole BDSM lifestyle, this whole kink lifestyle, because kink lifestyle is a whole different ballgame too. That's like for a next whole different show. From once you understand all of that, then you know we're good to go. But people, one time going as me, Ireland Balan Glenn said, you know, everybody just at the time used to be like, oh yeah, me so cooler, so so, my freaky, yeah, and them take up them banana, them cucumber, and them do the things. They must say, yeah, me a freak, I me a so cool a long time, and them just and like, but they really don't understand the whole concept of being a freak, like. It's not just you get up and feel like a woman. Yeah, me can suck out or suck balls and me can goggle balls and do all these things. Like, there's more to being a freak than that. But me, me don't know much time, how much time I have left with her because, like, I, I feel like freakiness, for me, freakiness is, is, is almost that willingness to explore. Okay. That's what it, that's what it means for me to be a freak. Because like some some things I've never tried, some things I've considered but ended up not doing, like felching. I remember the, the first time that was proposed to me, I was like, "Oh, mm, this is cute. I might try it." Ooh, then yeah. I never I, I never ended up doing it. Um, for, when I took people, I did that little shook. <laughs> yeah, for 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 multiple reasons, but um, yes, yeah, so it's it's just the willingness to to explore different things. But I'm curious though, because you just bring it up a while ago and more you like more you differentiate them as as best as you can. What's the difference between kink, a kink, freakiness, and being nasty? I feel like the line's blurred. I think kink and nasty is basically the same thing. Um and I said kink and BDSM, which are two different things. To me, kink fall under nasty and freaky because they're 
some things where king are king couldn't come in like people don't look at it as king but these are like examples of king for example you literally have your partner watch you masturbate you mentioned felshin um pearl pearl necklace is another thing the same thing i mentioned about temperature play with the auto oil and stuff like that edge play those are a former kings they're not really bdsm um voyeurism exhibitionist they're a part of kink you know um if you're experimenting with role play when you asked me earlier role play is a form of kink as well um funny enough just you literally just using sex toys and being inclusive in a bedroom with sex toys that's a part of kink so there are just small things trying new positions karma sutra ways shibari ways um they're actually a form of kink but most of the things we're already doing but we just really not, not sexually educated on that part so we just do it and probably don't know the sexual term for it but we're already involved with it you know water sports is a part of kink which to a lot of people water sports is nasty they think it's so bizarre but it's actually a part of kink it's something very kinky you know um you just literally there's this word for having sex in the shower but steam is sex like the water is literally hot I don't know the word off the tip of my head. No, like that's a part of kink. Um, sex pillow is a part of kink. You know, like the liberators, you have like the sex furniture, the sex pillows and stuff like that. Those are a part of, of kinks, the wedge ones and stuff like that. To make your own porn while you're having sex, that's a part of kink. You know, so we probably have already been indulging in a lot of stuff, you know, um, probably have friends and lovers who have been doing some of these stuff already having anal sex you know is a part of a kink it's kinky it's you know to others it's nasty and to others them think oh that's super freaky no it's, it's actually a kink kink nasty and freaky before one place be there some lifestyle in our next place to itself so i think that's basically just the difference if you feel like you're gonna have sex in public of course that's the kink you know, um, your forego panties, you know, to have sex on a period, it's a kink. Having sex on a period, people think like, oh my God, that's so nasty. I can't imagine all those blood. Not knowing that literally period sex is very healthy as well. It helps with all these pain and these things. And, you know, the whole medical aspect of having sex during a period, it's a form of kink. But what? People just think it nasty. And, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, because it's not for you and it's not something that you would do. You just think it's nasty and it's bizarre. Or you judge people. You know, you look at things one way, which is only your way. And that's how life is. But it's a part of literally kink, you know. If you feel like, all right, for women, we launch around or for men in their jockstrap. And men sometimes get complacent too, especially in like probably... um Again, man, you feel like, oh, you can't put on your jockstrap and go cook night or, you know, lunch on the night with your partner or whatever and just feel sexy about yourself and all of that. That's also a kink. It's not the norm to actually just, oh, my God, why am I even putting on a laundry or a jockstrap to go cook my man's dinner? Like, the fuck? It's weird to somebody else or, you know, weird to another individual because they feel like, all right, I'm just come up with some local shots and I'm just throwing a t-shirt and that's it like no you have to spice up your relationship and those things are a part of you know being king you have persons finding pleasure in the fridge do you find pleasure in the fridge i find pleasure in the fridge like you can literally just fuck me in the fridge it's a part of kink it's something different but that's kinky you know i mean fridge sex you stick your dildo on your fridge you know, and stuff do happen. Oh, oh my God, I get too excited. <laughs> well, yeah, reach for the middle at the back of the fridge, right? <laughs> yes, you know what I mean? Like, that's literally, and then that includes when you bring 
food in, in, in your whole sex life, you know, that's a part of a whole, you can use your ice cream, you know what I'm kind of way, vanilla mm-hmm. ice cream, you can use your whipped cream, so that's when it, that's people finding pleasure in their fridge, they use food and stuff from their fridge, so that's cake, so those are some examples of kink lifestyle, think, kinky things that, you know, people don't understand it's a little thing, it's nasty, because a lot of people calling themselves sweet, but what, what are you really doing that's a fruit? So you probably have people like me and you would say, oh no, you're vanilla. Because if you're just going to suck wood and then you just have sex and that's it. What are you doing? What else is there to really excite this whole sexual, this oral, then I should say, your sexual oral experience? What else is there? Like when they come in the back of your throat, like are you literally gargle it and swallow it you know what i mean you gargle it and you spit it back in out of the mouth you know your sexual partner mode then on a swallow it share it together like what you really do like when you say you're so I'm like ah oh, no you know what i mean you spit it back in out of pussy you spit it back in out of ass like what do you really do like you just suck it and then what oh threesome is a kink you know Yo. so there's a lot of kinky stuff <laughs> Remember, I have a, I did have an ex because of him in there. He used to, he used to tell me, oh, when him come over and him see me a clean like the bathroom and I'm like a shot shot and I'm been over in the shower, the, the tub I scrub it, him get turned as you know, so every time me know say I'll come over, make sure so the bathroom are clean. <laughs> <laughs> <Mm-mm>. That's not bad. <laughs> that can't bad. <laughs> I love that. Oh God, that's a whole vibe. Oh gosh, thanks again. Shut up, tell us I'm love when you come on the podcast. You know? <laughs> You're always in there. Oh, wait, I'm not I'm no more, I'm not any other question before my wrap up. Land veil, dinner is coming in there. So we need to. No, 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 no. No, no, no. And since you explore the field, you have any more questions? No, that's it for next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, um, Shade. Before we sign out, tell us about the new store. Uh, by the way, the other yes. day I passed by and I said, I'm going to look for a new store. I have a lot of class. I tell the people who are waiting there. Talk to them. Sure. So we are now located at 9211 Phoenix Avenue. Kingston 5, we're at Toma Place Suite 12. That's actually on the second floor. You know, you can always um, visit the website www.federsecrets.com. We're fully e commerce, so you shop online and we deliver to you wherever you are in the world. And oh, I should mention, we're now going to start um, doing a day spa where we offer full body waxing. And of course, you know, your nice little massages, your aromatherapy, your sensual massages, and stuff like that. So that's coming soon. Okay. The store I big on roomy, right? Tell them about the BDSM. I I know it's the bondage room, right? The bondage room. The bondage. I need to come and see the bondage room so I can tie you up and slap you. Yeah, man. I have to put my hand in the chair going to the bondage room. Can't did I give up all? So then, right? You know say. When you pick me up at the airport, you know you should have to carry me. Right? 
<laughs> Thanks for having me always, guys. I did enjoy it. It was amazing. Not short of amazing. Thank you so much, Shelly, for just coming on. Always giving us... Listen, every time I come on here teaching me something, you know, every time I say, I feel like I know enough. You always drop something from me. Right? I never know. Wow. Flat when you say, from the back, come up. I'm going to teach you. <laughs> thank you so much listeners thank you for listening as usual you can always give us your feedback at Fish Tea Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and on Facebook or send us an email fishteapodcast at gmail.com like, share, subscribe, rate leave a comment all of that good stuff definitely go to fetishsecrets.com it's secrets with a Z Right, visit the site. Them have good products. I can swear for myself some good proper proper products. Right, but I buy nothing from them. I like buy from them. I have a room. I have to buy something from them once every year. Right, so I don't know if I buy nothing from them this year. Ready? If not, I can check the supplies and see what I need. You have to tell them. I can't tell them. Remember my tagline: "Your fetish, my secret." Bye, hunty. So uh, support Shadeh and her business, a thriving business. She's always supportive. Um, we're still in Corona time, guys. So let me still let me take on a trip. I beg you, please, because we're tired of that down there. We're tired of no movement days. Take on a joke. I beg you, right? Um, so sure. hands, wear your mask, sanitize, wash your hands, do all of that good stuff. Wipe it off, wipe it in your mouth. I please, I beg. Right, and no one knows anything can go near what anything, right? So, why anything happens to them, wipe it down, right? <laughs> <laughs> and as always, stay sophisticated. Bye. Bye.